Welcome to the Tim Biscuit Podcast. Before we get on with today's podcast, I just want to say a massive thanks and shout out to the podcast sponsors that are runesilk.com, they're a beard care company, and tenga.co.uk, they're a sex toy company. You can get 10% off your first orders on the both sites with putting in the code TINBISCUIT. That's the code TINBISCUIT, capital T, capital B. You put that code in at checkout and you receive 10% off your first orders. Um, if you want to... Re- if you want to support or donate to the podcast, you can do, and that's through PayPal. And the email and all the information for the podcast sponsors will be down below in the description. Right, today's um, podcast is going to be about horror films. I'm sat in my car and I'm looking out at the sea because I live near a beach. So I thought I'd come down and I'd park my car and look out at the sea and do a podcast. Um, and it's packed. There's loads of people out. The sun's shining. It's quite warm. So um, I thought I'd come and do it in a nice place. So yeah, today's podcast about horror films. Uh, so my love for horror began... I mean, I do love films in general, all films, but my main love is horror films. Um, I did, a couple of years ago, I watched a horror film every day for a year. So it was 365 days of horror. And that was a tough tough slug. Tough slog, should I say. But I did find a little clause. It was like a little loophole. And I started to watch... Um, um, horror shorts on YouTube by independent filmmakers, uh, and they were really good, really, really good, because they weren't bound by any sort of studio or production companies that say you must do this, you must do that. They like add sort of free reign, and um, some of the ideas were fantastic, really, really good. But um, I'll come to that a bit later on. Um, yeah, my first—I don't know—my first memory of horror would have to, I, I like would have to say would be the old black and white um, Hammer horrors. I mean, I'm only 41, but my mum and dad used to record them on a Saturday night, late Saturday night, and used to get up and watch them uh, Sunday morning when I was like six or seven. And it had Christopher Lee in, Peter Cushion. Pete, Peter Cushion was obviously the vampire hunter, and Christopher Lee, wait, Christopher Lee, sorry, should I say, was um, played Dracula. Um, so yeah, that's some, like, sort of my first foot in the door with horror. And then from there... Uh, the two films I can remember watching was The Fog and Salem's Lot. Um, and they absolutely scared the life out of me. The, the like, fog had them, like, that knock on it, the... And that just scared the life out, like, out of me. Just the knock on its own was the thing that scared me about The Fog. Not so much about The Fog... Um, itself and some being in it, but that knock terrified me. Um, but I must say, someone's got a noisy bike. Right, here we go. Uh, the film that did terrify me, and I was so, so scared when I was younger, was Salem's Lot. I realised it was a TV series and it was put into a film pretty much like the original It. Um, but the scene off that was when the young vampire came knocking at... Um, at his mate's window, and it was like a tap on the window, it was like, it was like scratching and tapping it, saying, let me in, let me in, I'm your friend, I'm your friend, let me in, and it absolutely terrified me, the makeup, the vampire's face, everything about that film terrified me, Um, needless to say, I was a quivering wreck when I went to bed, any tap at the window, I was shouting my mum and dad upstairs. So, yeah, I would say my foot in the door, as I've said, was the old Hammer horror films, the black and white ones, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushion. Then the two films I remember from there, the horror films, the main horror films that I watched was The Fog, Terrified Me, The Knock, and then Salem's Lot, 
ultra terrified me. Um, and then by then, I got into like watching Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, and things like that. Didn't scare me as much. Um, and then I watched The Shining. That did scare me. The two twins proper scared me. Um, like, I think they scared everybody, to to be fair. But because we was in the UK, a lot of, like, the video nasties were banned. Like, things like The Exorcist, Zombie Flesh Eaters, etc, etc. So, I really wanted the film, when I was, like, in secondary school, the film I really wanted to see was The Exorcist. I was so, so desperate to see The Exorcist because it was banned. And then, like, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be terrifying. It's going to be so bad because it was banned. But before that film... I, uh, because we have record fairs in, like, the UK, we had record fairs where they sell CDs, vinyls, singles, uh, and they used to sell these uh, video nasties, and the first one I picked up really was um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I was like, this is going to be brilliant, it's going to be so brutal. I was so wrong, I, I, I like, had a sense of disappointment when I first watched it, because I thought, well, it's not like I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be blood, gore, guts, mayhem, and it wasn't really like that. It, it's and it's more of a. It just wasn't like that. Um, the bit that I was impressed with, as far as I can remember, because we're going back a long time. That was the bit where he was in the van at the beginning, and he cut his hand and they kicked him out. Um, and that's a bit I was telling the kids at school about. So, oh, well, there's this bit in the van where he gets a knife out and cuts his hand, and. Um, then there's a bit where Leatherface hits him over the head with an hammer and drags him through the door and then shuts it. I didn't really understand films at that time and how it was made and things like that. I just wanted, like, guts, blood and gore. Um, but, yeah, The Exorcist, I was... How old was I when I watched The Exorcist? I was about maybe 15, 14 when I watched The Exorcist. 15, I think. I went to a like a film convention and there was someone there selling all these band titles uh and got the exorcist on vhs watched the exorcist well, well sorry watched the exorcist and i must say it scared the life out of me um it's probably the scariest film i've ever seen it still holds up today i think it was 1973 um just the exorcist as a horror film is just a brilliant horror film it's scary, it's atmospheric, it's well shot, the dialogue and the scripts are brilliant. Obviously, back at school, I didn't understand it. All I saw was a little girl being possessed, uh, sticking a like crucifix in private parts, um, swearing, head turning around, being sick. Um, but yeah, um, so, so scary film. Um, on a side note, I was lucky enough to go see it in 1999. They did a Halloween special and I saw it on the cinema. Um, I think it was Halloween itself, to be fair, that I went to see it. So like, that was quite good. Yeah, The Exorcist was um, good on, on like the big screen. Um, to this day, I watched it. I think I watched it on Halloween. Or the day before Halloween this year. No, it wasn't Halloween. Because I did 12 hours of horror on Halloween. I think I might have watched it the week before. Um, and it still holds up to this day. I, like, watch it about three or twice a year. Uh, I still think it's probably the best horror film ever made. Um, it's definitely the scariest horror film ever made. Um, then you've got the follow-ups to that, haven't you? You've got the... <coughs> excuse me. You've got the follow-ups to that. You've got, Her you've got um, Exorcist 2, which is The Heretic. 
and then Exorcist 3, I can't remember the subtitle like that one, but The Exorcist 3 alone has got the scariest scene in any film. You ask anyone about the scariest scene in any film and say the scariest scene in any film is The Exorcist 3, and they all know the scene you, you, you're on about. It's so, so scary, and it's creepy as like well, and it's a bit of a shock. Um, if you haven't seen The Exorcist 3, go watch The Exorcist 3, and then you'll know the scene immediately, the scene, I mean. Um, Exorcist 2, The Heretic, isn't that good. It's a bit shit, to be fair, so I, I won't watch that. And then you've got two prequels, haven't you? You've got Dominion, and then... Oh, I can't remember that, like the other one. But there's something to do with the studios and things like that. So, um, but yeah, if... Yeah, going back to The Exorcist, sorry about going on a tangent. Um, the Exorcist is, like, hands down the best horror film. And then from The Exorcist, um, I just watched every horror film that I could get my hands on, really. Watched all the Friday the 13th, all of the Freddy Kruegers, um, Hellraisers. Hellraiser, I'm not too fond about. I've, I've given it chance after chance. I've tried to watch it loads of times. And I don't know if it's the film or if it's... Clive Barker stuff because I'm not keen on Candyman either. Yeah, there might be good films, but I just don't get on with them. Um, so yeah, it just was The Exorcist, and then I think after that, one film I was after was things like Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox, uh, because they had loads and loads of trouble around them for using real animal killings um, and things like that. So. I mean, when the first released Hannibal, uh, Hannibal Ferox, um, when the first released Cannibal Holocaust, um, there was a big uproar about it in the 70s because, oh, was it the 80s? I can't remember. Uh, but there was a big uproar about it and they had to get all the actors in and the scenes explained to the courts and that because people thought it was real. Um, and on a side note, it was the first found footage film, Cannibal Holocaust. Um so yeah, that's the first found footage film. Everyone thinks about the Blair Witch, uh, and before that, you had one, the last broadcast. But it was actually Cannibal Holocaust for found footage film, um, along with The Exorcist. The first Exorcist, Cannibal Holocaust, is probably my up there in like my top five favorite horror films. Um, it's it's a brutal film. Um, there's n there's there's like no really flowers about it. Don't paint a pretty picture. It's in there and it just fucking shreds. So if if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I know there's a lot of cron like controversy about it because they use real animal killings, but they killed a goat in a, like Apocalypse Now. I think there's seven. Is there seven or eight animal killings in Cannibal Holocaust? And there's a few animal killings in and uh, Cannibal Ferox. Um, they have released Cannibal Holocaust in the UK, but with cut scenes. Um, if you're going to watch a film like Cannibal Holocaust, in my view, you have to watch it in its entirety. You have to watch it uncut, uncensored, as it was made. Um, like all films, like all censorship, it shouldn't be allowed. It's your choice if you want to watch the film and that. Um, so yeah, I watched, um, what did I watch? Watch The Exorcist, then I started to watch the band masters and things like that. Um, so what I really wanted to talk about, instead of talking about the history of my horror in, in introductions, was like today's horror and how today's horror's not as good as the 80s and 90s horror. Everyone likes jump scares now. It's like, last I can't remember the last horror film I went to see at the cinema. Um, something like The Conjuring or one of the Insidiouses or something like that. Or was it, or was it The Witch? 
A long time ago, I went to see a horror film, and it's just, they don't hold up. The like, jump scares are just jump scares, and it's like, that's it. There's no scary atmospheric about it. These film these filmmakers now who make horror films are all bound by the studio to say, well, you want at least five jump scenes in, you want this, that, and the other. Um, tying back to when I watched my 365 Days of Horror, the films that people are putting out independently are so, so much better. Um, there's one film on that was just brilliant. I like loved it. It was about 15 minutes, uh, and it was a film on YouTube called Luna. If you haven't heard it, of it, should I say, or watched it, go check it out. It's called Luna. It's really, really good. It's um, well made. Um, and yeah, it's... Um, if they had a bigger budget or like things like that, these for these like independent filmmakers would blow fucking the studios out of the water. I mean, it, Insidious is a good film, but it's it's not scary. There's one scene in there that quite gave me the shivers, and that's the speaking over the um, baby monitor, and she went up, and he was behind the curtain. Um, but apart from that, things like Hannibal, Conjuring, The Nun, The Roma, the, the fucking crap. They're just, they're just, I mean, like, watch them, but they're not all that. Um, one of the best horror films, funnily enough, I'm like on about modern horror. Um, I've got Shudder on Netflix, and it's a film called Host. It's an English film, and it's a modern take where they're doing like a seance and it's over line it's uh, in line with the pandemic the first lockdown i believe um and i think there's like four girls four english girls and then there's the um the clairvoyant person like psychic who's and who's doing it i'm not going to give too much away i'm not going to say the plot but it is it's probably one of the best horror films i've seen ever it's and it's up there with the exorcist in my view original i like the way they made it with modern technology but used old techniques like sort of the um the effects in it were brilliant um it was a low budget i think the guy who directed it was rob savage um i've, I've asked him to come on the podcast i've just sent a message over into like instagram but i've heard nothing as yet um but yeah host brilliant brilliant horror film easy in my top five so in in my top five films so far, we've got The Exorcist, Cannibal Holocaust, two old films, Hoist, Host, Hoist, it's not Hoist, it's Host, Host, um, and then the other one, The Omen, The First Omen, absolutely fantastic film, brilliant, easily, easily one of the best horror films ever made, so, so good, um, yeah, and it's like sort of modern horror, it doesn't hold up. Um, as I say, I, I love all horror films, um, and I love all films in general, but some horror films, I, you like can say, well, yeah, it's, and it's alright, but it's crap compared to some horror films, and this modern horror, like Insidious and things like that, just don't hold up to the old films like Poltergeist, Poltergeist 2, Poltergeist 2's got one of the, probably the scariest horror guy, one of the scariest horror villains in it, um, Kane the Preacher, he's a scary motherfucker, in a fucking ugh, horrible. <laughs> um, that's a scary film as well. There's like sort of second one scared me because of him. He's, he's in the main and you know protagonist. And he's like a scary, scary dude. Um, 
Freddy Krueger's, they got a bit jokey to, like, to the ending. Like, the five and six got a bit silly. Seven was good, where he came, his character came alive as sort of like a demon. I thought that was really good. Um, Friday the 13th, again, took the comical turn. Uh, Hellraisers, I have seen them all, and I have got them all, in actual fact, in my collection. But, to me, I just can't get on with it. I just can't get on with it. I think... I think the best one that I was impressed with that I could sort of say I liked was the one with the nightclub owner. Is it number two or number three? And he's, he's got that totem pole in his room. And they're all like fucking setting it. I think that was the best um, Hellraiser. I tell you what, it's bloody boiling in my car. The sun's beating down on my big fat head. Um, so, yeah... Um, as I said, I like do collect films, and I've got films in my collection that I don't like just because I like them in my collection because I, I because I collect horror films. Um, I did sell quite a big chunk of my horror collection a co- like a couple of years ago because um, hey, I needed the money, and I was getting too many of them. <laughs> it was just getting a bit stupid, um, and I wish I didn't sell them because a lot of them were so expensive in rare editions. Because I used to do a lot of trading and that, I used to get a lot of the old. Um, rare editions and that and like sort of limited editions um and some of them i wish i didn't have sold us I, I i like had one of the rarest evil dead um necromonican editions and they were limited and i fucking i bought it for about i think it was about 78 80 about 78 pound 80 pound i did make money on it but man i wish i didn't have sold it and um, but with my trading and things like that I started to get into the extreme horror films. Um, things like Aftermath. A 20 minute film. It's a European film. There's no talking in it. But I think that's probably the worst film I've ever seen. It's one film I'd like to have in my collection. Because it is quite rare. And it is quite an oddity film to have. But it's not a film I would want to watch again. That's probably the worst, sickest film I've like ever seen. Uh, I've got the uncut version of... Serbian film. Uh, I didn't think that was that bad. I've seen that a few times now. On like cut, I watched the cut version first. Then I got all of the uncut version, um, and I can't see the big who how about it. It's like a well-made film, and it's. I just don't think it was that bad. Not compared to some of the extreme stuff I've seen. Um, some of the German stuff's pretty bad. And um, when um, you get into the independent German filmmakers, they're like really good effects. You know, proper practical effects. The European stuff's a bit crazy. I did receive some Japanese stuff. Never watched it. Um, they're pretty big in like, is it is it Genki porn with all the fucking... It's not really horror, to, to sort of be fair. But because when you're a collector, you want to have the rare stuff in your collection. And Genki porn's all like octopus, eel porn and shit like that. And then they're really into like... Um, shit porn and things like that like it's fucking gross uh and someone sent me a shitload of these discs i stuck them in my collection didn't watch them didn't want to watch them but uh I, I just sold them on and i made some money on them um mentioned in japan they've got a, a film series called guinea pig series the guinea pig series um famous actor charlie sheen watched one was it the flower and flesh is it the second or third one or was it the first one i can't remember now and he thought it was a real snuff film um and he contacted the fbi and the fbi launched a major investigation into it 
And the guy who made it had to show the FBI the characters were still alive and how he did some of his um, practical effects because it's basically just a girl being cut up on a table. Um, but again, it's just a... I've, it's a very, very rare DVD to get now. It's quite expensive. Um, so, yeah, he um, <laughs> he told the FBI about it and they launched a massive investigation. Oh, it's a, it's a real snuff film. Incidentally, I am going to do a podcast on snuff films because really snuff films, there's a bit of controversy. Do snuff films exist or not? Everyone says they've seen a snuff film. These people with the heads being cut off or jumping out of buildings. They're not a snuff film. They're a death film. And there's a major difference between a death film and a snuff film. Um, but as I say, I will be doing a podcast on snuff films. The closest to a snuff film you'll probably get that's out on the internet, I would personally say so far, is Three Guys and One Hammer. Um, if you want to search for that, you can do. It's out there. But you've got to have a strong stomach to see it. It's fucking gross. Um, but as I said, we'll mention more about the snuff film and death film and what the difference is in a later podcast. Um, so going back to horror films. Yeah, um, what else did I've seen recently? Uh, ah, I saw quite a good one on Shudder again and it was called... It was no, not Host, it was called uh, Countdown. And it was a bit... Just a basic fucking teen thing where they download this app and it tells you when they're going to die and then it... They start to die, but it had a, it had like a an old take, on like a modern take, and that's what I quite sort of like about some of these independent horror films coming out now. That's the release, and like Unfriended, Unfriended wasn't too bad, and Unfriended too because it's using modern technology. At first, I was quite against that because I was quite hard fast and steadfast, should I say, in my um, liking of old style horror films, but. Um, You've got to sort of go with the times, I think. And if people are using the phones... Because I was brought up in a time where we didn't have the internet, didn't have phones and that, so it was all, like, VHSs. And I'm so, so miss the VHS shops, the video shops. Every Friday night, going to get a VHS or maybe two, hoping that red ticket one in there, or if that red ticket was in there, it was coming back that day. Um, and then it's a shame the independent video stores have gone because blockbusters came over and fucking just smashed it all to bits um but now the closest thing you've got is things like netflix shudder prime is there anything else out there youtube i suppose google um uh, but yeah they're like doing a modern take on horror films and i think that's quite clever because the younger generation will be able to re like relate more to it where i'd say maybe a 16 year old would watch salem's lot and think that's not scary is where I'd still watch it, and I did watch it, and it, I, I actually I did 12 hours of horror on Halloween, and Salem's Lot was one of the horror films I watched for three hours, and the fucking makeup and the scariness of the vampires still hold up today. Everyone bangs on about Lost Boys being the best vampire film. It's a fucking love story. I mean, yeah, it's a good film, but it's not a really, it's not the best vampire film out there. Not by a long chalk. No, what I, I I was impressed with one vampire film that's quite modern. I don't know how old it is now, but I say it's quite modern. It's probably maybe ten years old now. That's Thirty Days a Night, and I I don't know. I I don't think I was quite surprised that that came out when it did. With that idea, I thought it might have been done before that, where like a town falls dark, 
I think it was Canada or somewhere like that, don't quote me on that, where it falls dark for 30 days. And then this ship just arrives, just this desolate sort of like battleship, fucked up ship just arrives. And then shit starts happening. The vampires are scary. They've got their own language. They don't fuck about. They're not sparkly. There's no love involved. There's no niceties involved. It's nasty vampires. And that's what vampires should be. Not this lovey-dovey bullshit like fucking... Um, that Robert Patterson bullshit. What was it? I was going to say Stardust, but it's not, is it? It's fucking... I, don't, I can't even remember. But yeah, um, 30 Days a Night was a good really good vampire film the second one i was so impressed with the first one i was so looking forward to the second one and uh someone i used to know said if you watch the second one it will spoil the first one for you and i didn't listen and i watched the second one and it spoiled the first one so if you haven't seen 30 days a night watch 30 days a night it's your choice if you want to watch the second one but i would advise against it because it will spoil the whole mystery and intenseness really of the first one um by the way i do like lost boys i i will watch it again i have watched it again it's uh it's it's just like just like a comical vampire film to me it's like not brutal enough i, I like suppose um but going back to the brutal films um i don't really like them anymore um i think the older you get the less brutal films you like to watch, because I've seen some pretty, pretty brutal films, like Cannibal Holocaust, um, Aftermath, um, Zombie Flesh Eaters, that's some quite a good scene where he, where he pulls her eye through, that, and that splinter goes through her eyeball, uh, but some of the German stuff and stuff like that is fucking gross, like um, Unearthed Films is a good one, and Toe Tag, I had... Um, Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, God, he wrote Mordom. Um, oh, that was my stomach growling. Uh, what was his name? I had him on my podcast. I had his name in my head about three minutes ago because I forgot my notes. And I knew I should have brought my notes. Um, I'm going to have to check. So, so fucking hell. Wait, let me go on my phone and just see. Because um, I have put the video and the um, conversation with him online. I'm hoping this don't cut my phone off me going on YouTube and checking. No. Fred Vogel. <laughs> Fred Vogel came on and he is um, probably the most extreme horror director. He does probably the sickest films. Um, he did um, Mordom. He did... Um, what else did he do? Penance. Um, yeah, they're quite sick films. Pretty brutal, pretty real. Um, not nice films to watch, like sort of per se. So I wasn't really keen on them. I wanted to watch them and have them in my collection. But um, he directed... Let me see what he directed. August Underground Film Series. He directed the August Underground film series. Um, and they're brutal. So if you want some brutal films, forget fucking Serbian film. Go and watch stuff like fucking Fred Vogel does and things like, sort of things like that. Um, I did notes for this horror film podcast, but the notes were so many. And it's like, I could just go on about horror all the time. Um, 
so yeah, it was, it's just a short podcast. It's you know, I, I don't know if I've explained everything well. I just thought I'd do a quick podcast about horror because um, you could go on and on about horror. But I will be doing a, a podcast about snuff films soon. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, did I did say my top five? Did I say my top five? Um, Exorcist in no in no specific order really, except for the Exorcist is the best horror film ever made. Anyone who thinks differently, come on my podcast and we can chat about it. The dialogue in it's great. Fucking effects in it are great. It's a scary film. Um, loads of films I haven't mentioned. Jaws, mate. You know that sort of Jaws is like the did Jaws in such a way is by the second one and maybe third one. I mean, I like all the Jaws series. Um, was it some sort of demon shark? You know, they sort of put that in there. You have films like Final Destination. Um, you had Roadkill. And there's such a, loads of good horror films out there and have been out there, but it seems the production companies are just pumping out pulp bullshit fucking horror that no one really interested all, all that sh- should I say people who like horror are interested in um, but obviously they've got to do it because that's what the people want um, you've got films I mean Pete, I mean Peter Jackson who directed Lord of the Rings and Hobbit his first film I think was Bad Taste and that I mean I watched that when I was at school and that was a gross film as well and then he did um, Dead or Alive and Meet the Feebles He's, 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 you know, he's good. Then he, if he sold out or not, whatever. But he does big, he does big films now. But yeah, people don't really want to see. I think the most mainstream gore horror film would have to be the one by Eli Roth, and that's the Hostel. I liked Hostel films, not for the gore, but I liked the storyline, the secret society behind it all. It was, um, it was interesting that, and that's the thing what intrigued me the most about it. Um, Obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street, that's a really good film. That's Johnny Depp's first film. Anyway, back to my top horror films. You've got The Exorcist at the top, and then no no, no specific order. Omen, Cannibal Holocaust, Host. Um, and I don't know. Um, maybe Child's Play 2. Child's Play 2 is a really good horror film. I like watched that recently, and I forgot how good that was. Child's Play 2 is brilliant. But again, like all these scary, major sort of building blocks of horror films, it turned joke jokes like fucking dolls having kids and things like that. Glenn, things like that. Freddy Krueger playing Nintendo. Um, Halloween series that didn't turn jokey. I'll give you that. That like sort of didn't turn really jokey. Um, Again, Halloween's not something I've really been into. It's not really... You know, that's more... I don't know, does it border on more of a slasher film than a horror film? I mean, it is horror, but is it more on the slasher side? Scream. Scream's class is a horror, done by Wes Craven, but is it more of a slasher film? Scream is probably the best slasher film that I think's been out there. Um, everyone will say, what about Halloween? I've never been keen on Halloween. I'll like say it now. I've never been keen on the first one. Like, I've never been keen on Hellraiser. So I'll probably say, yeah, the top five, maybe Exorcist, Omen, um, what did I say, uh, Omen, H- Host, um, kind of Holocaust, and Child's Play 2. Yeah, they're sort of like, I mean, everyone's going to be different. He's back with his bike, not bad. Um, 
everyone's going to be different and everyone's going to have their own different opinions on like horror films like they do with all films so yeah thanks for listening um if you want to talk about horror films or any or anything you can come on my podcast everyone's welcome um as i say i wanted to do a podcast on horror that i have done but i don't want it to go on because i could talk about horror for fucking ages and i don't want to bore everyone look out for my new podcast coming out in a couple of weeks um i might put another one out this week i'm not too sure yet but we will be doing one about snuff films because does snuff films really exist yes or no it's um quite a controversial topic they're quite a creepy topic as well and i think the newest one well newest one i think you find the most real one out there linked with snuff is maybe three guys one hammer and that's still is it controversial because like a death film is not a snuff film um so yeah if you want to come on the podcast you're more than welcome thanks for listening please leave a review and tick them stars on apple Podcasts because that does loads for the um podcast because it just goes up and the more listeners i get the better it will be because people can get their their own thoughts out because it's all about freedom of speech and things like that if you want to donate or um support the podcast you can do because it all comes out of my own pocket nothing's going to be charged i'll never charge you for content it's always going to be free so so it's always helpful to have good reviews and maybe some donations going towards it so i can buy better microphones better this and that because i'm spending all my money on it at the minute um all the information of that is down below thanks for listening please like please share and um go listen to all my other podcasts if you want any of them already Alright, thanks very much. He's back with his bike again, isn't he? Right, I'm off. See you later. Bye.